Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, April the 12th. And welcome to our commentary. I got a couple of posts over at the American Thinker that I want to bring to your attention. But before I do, let me just go back for a second to these shootings in Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, of course, at the school and Kentucky at the bank. In both of these cases, it is now obvious because the families are speaking, that these two shooters, uh, the transgender in Tennessee and uh, the young man in in uh, Kentucky, in both of these, the people had mental issues and the family was aware of it. The family knew that there was something going on, something wrong with these people. And uh, to some extent, I assume, especially in the case of Tennessee, They were probably concerned about their own daughter committing suicide. I think that was probably one of their concerns. But yet, they don't say anything. They don't call the police. Uh, They don't contact uh, agencies that work with people who have these issues. Uh, These people go on. They're completely unprotected or uncontrollable. And then they go out and commit a crime. And then, you know, people want to talk about passing gun laws. Well, there's no way that you can pass a gun law to to make people responsible. Okay, and that's what I see here. I think the families of these two people were irresponsible in not letting others know what their daughter or son were up to. They obviously had problems because we're learning that now. And the only way that you can stop people like these from buying a gun, obviously someone with a mental health problem, should not be near a gun, that's obvious. But the only way you can stop this, the only way you can stop them from getting a gun legally, they can always get it illegally, but at least legally, is to get people involved so that they can update the background checks, so that they can have red flags or whatever. But nothing's going to happen unless we have the information. And in Kentucky and in Tennessee, there are dead people because two shooters who clearly had mental problems, nobody knew anything about it. So hopefully, hopefully this is a message, I think, to the country that, you know, if you know somebody who's got mental problems and you suspect that this person may be or may want to buy a gun or something, you need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody so that they can at least keep an eye on on that person. Well, let's talk about a couple of posts that I have at the American Thinker, one that came out today, Wednesday, and one that I've got uh, coming out uh, later this week. The one today uh, has to do with blue cities. Now, as you know, the city of Chicago has just elected a new mayor, a mayor who is very closely associated with the public sector unions. In fact, it was the public sector unions that became his campaign staff. They were the ones out there looking for votes and campaigning on his behalf. And this man was elected. And, you know, everybody's forecasting that more companies are going to leave, that more people are going to move out, and the city is going to have more financial problems than it already has. And, you know, the same can be said about many of these cities, whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's Minneapolis, whether it's Seattle, Portland, San Francisco. San Francisco has been in the news quite a bit here lately, 
uh, L.A., you know, Philadelphia, Baltimore. You go down the line and you will find uh, many, many of these cities having many of these problems. The problems are basically three. The taxes, the crime, and public schools that don't work. But uh, obviously the public sector union is still there electing people who they support, but not necessarily people who are going to fix the city's problems. And the good news, and this is what I write about in my post, the good news is that the public sector unions cannot print money. They are going to have to live with whatever money they can collect from taxes, or they're going to have to live with whatever money the legislature gives them. They're not going to be getting a lot of federal money because COVID is over, and many of these cities were were the recipient of a lot of COVID money, but that's over. That's not going to happen now. And many of these state legislatures, uh, especially California, I mean, California has a huge, I mean, an unbelievably big fiscal deficit in the state of California. So they don't have any money to give to San Francisco or anybody else. I mean, they're going to have to raise taxes to balance the books in the state of California. I would assume Illinois is no better and New York is no better. So these these cities are going to be facing a real crunch here. There's a big, nasty reality around the corner that is going to uh, be, these cities are going to be facing that nasty reality. And I think once they do, we may very well see, the, we, we see may, maybe we may see cities literally go under. Uh, technically, I guess they cannot go bankrupt, but they may just shut down. They can't function. And then, you know, they're going to have to be, the, the governor is going to have to intervene. Somebody's going to have to intervene. And that may very well be the only way you can save these cities is if you have if you get outside intervention that then forces them to do something about crime and forces them to do something about these public schools. But there are some very bad days ahead for uh, for the for the cities and particularly many of these blue cities. So check out my post over at the American Thinker today. I've got one coming up uh, either tomorrow or Friday where I talk about this new policy that the Biden administration is implementing. And what they're hoping is that by the year 2032, that's only 10 years away, that uh, something like 60% of the automobiles sold in the United States are electric cars. Well, there's a couple of problems with that. <laughs> Number one, we don't have the capacity to charge these automobiles. I mean, where are you going to charge them? I guess you could charge them at home. But in many cities, that's going to put additional burdens on the power grid. And you, you may see cities that literally black out because we don't have enough in the power grid. I mean, it's one thing to cool or heat your city, but then if I'm in mean, your home, but if on top of that, you got to charge your car, which is sometimes can be as long as an hour. Well, that's going to take its toll on the power grid. And our power grid in many cases is not expanding in many cities, in many places like in California, it's actually shrinking. So that's a real problem. The other problem is, and the one that I think most people, most of the customers are complaining about, and that is the cost of an electric car. Now, they're talking about doing subsidies on electric cars. In other words, that you get a subsidy when you buy one. Uh, I don't know whether the Congress will approve that. I would assume that that would have to be approved by the Congress. That's not something that the President of the United States can you know, arbitrarily write an executive order and issue those kinds of subsidies because that would have to come from Congress because you're talking about money. But again, what amazes me is the idea that you can do all of this 
in 10 years, when all, that you can go from 6% today of cars sold being electric to whatever it is in 10 years. I mean, that, that is so unrealistic. That is, that is so unrealistic. And the fact is that unless you make, and this is the key, I think, to electric cars. I have nothing against electric cars. I should say up front, I'm not against them. I can see some very practical uses for an electric car. But unless you can do something about charging these cars, and unless you can do something for the people who live outside of cities, I mean, here in the Dallas area, I could probably charge, uh, I could find a, a charge station for my automobile fairly quickly. Many restaurants have them outside. You can just charge your, charge your car while you're eating dinner. But the more you get out to the rural areas, the more complicated it is. The other thing too is, and this is again typical of, uh, of Texas and other, some of the other Western states, you got some real distances here. I mean, it's 300 miles to go from Dallas to Houston. So that would mean, I guess you, there's probably not enough mileage to get from Dallas to Houston. So you would have to charge it somewhere along the way. And Dallas, San Antonio, the same thing. You know, Dallas, El Paso is 600 miles. So you would have to charge your car twice. And so these are all practical problems that there are no solutions at the moment for these problems. They're talking about electric cars, but we don't have any solutions for practical problems like these. So, you know, this is something that I think we have to be more careful about and we have to move gradually. We can't just, you know, write these laws and expect that somehow this is going to happen. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And I think you should let the consumer figure it out and consumers will figure it out. If they can afford electric cars, I think you'll people you'll see people buying them. Now there's another concern too. And that is that many of the raw materials that go in these batteries come from China. And uh, how much more dependent do you want to be from China? I don't. In fact, I want to go the other way. I want to bring back a lot of the manufacturing that we have sent to China because I don't trust what's happening in China. I don't trust the Chinese leadership. So I want that manufacturing here. But in order to bring that manufacturing here, you got to do some other things to attract them, of course. So I think this timetable that the Biden administration is setting up is totally, completely unrealistic. I don't think they'll get congressional approval for it because it's, it's just not realistic. It's not realistic to do this by, by 2032. Remember, that's nine years away. 2032 is nine years away. It sounds like it's a long time in the future, but it's only nine years uh nine years away. There's a big story in Texas about a soldier in Austin, Texas, who was found guilty of murder. And uh, the governor is involved and they would like to do a pardon because they feel that uh, the trial that he got was not fair. We're going to be talking in more detail about this with George Rodriguez the next time, next time he's on. It's a big story here in Texas, and we're going to get into more detail the next time uh, that he's on. But it's a huge story. Uh, here in Texas, and uh, the governor uh, has already said that he would pardon the man as soon as he gets a, a pardon from the agency that arranges uh, these things here in Texas. This story about the leak related to Ukraine and other things is a huge story, and one that seems to be getting more and more scary all the time. There was a major leak from everything that I can tell, and uh, we will be discussing that also a little bit more during the week. I we're going to be doing a national security show with my friend Barry Jacobson next week. And definitely we're going to get into this topic as well as some of the other crazy things.
going on around the world and the world is indeed crazy which is you know going back to the electric car in a crazy world like this why would you want to increase your dependence on china i don't and uh, i think a lot of americans don't either last but not least on this day in history 1945 president roosevelt passed away now this was a the country is in world war ii President Roosevelt had been elected or reelected for the fourth time, the only president to have done that. And, uh, you know, we were still in the middle of a war. And here, President Roosevelt passes away. And a new man comes in, President Truman. And it was a very tough time because the country didn't know Truman. They were, you know, they had known Roosevelt for 12 years, but they didn't know Truman. And it was quite a challenge for President Truman. Now, he rose to the challenge. He did a good job as president. But it was a very scary time because a lot of people didn't know, gee, Roosevelt is dead. Who's going to run the country? Well, Truman did a decent job, at least as it relates to the war. There were other problems, but certainly the way he finished uh, both wars uh, were correct. But, man, the country was very concerned. Uh, 70, that would make it, what, 78 years ago that President Roosevelt had passed away. It was quite a shock for most of the country to hear that news. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later.